From the studio high above the clouds of the Okanagan Valley, this is the Cannabis Podcast. Exploring the world of Canadian cannabis culture, one toke at a time. Now, here's your host and bud tender, Gary Johnston. And welcome back to the Cannabis Podcast, episode number 56. If this is your first time joining us, well, an especially warm welcome. I hope you enjoy the information we're going to present to you over the next 30 minutes or so, all about cannabis, surprisingly enough, with a title like that. Believe it or not, the day this episode is released marks exactly, exactly two years since cannabis was legalized in Canada. It happened October 17th, 2018. And that was when the world started watching our little experiment. And it was shortly after that that I started the Cannabis Podcast in recognition of the fact that cannabis was now legalized. We're going to look at a few of the milestones that have happened over the last two years. I will talk about this year's Grow a Little Bit, which nobody stole. I got through a year and nobody stole the cannabis, which is good. And we're going to stop on Cultivar Corner and dip our turp pen into some Maple Burt Live Resin Caviar from Premium 5. We're living the high life today. A second birthday cannabis celebration is happening right here on episode 56 of the Cannabis Podcast. Hard to believe it has actually been two years since legalization occurred this date, October 17th, the day this podcast was released, this episode, of 2018. And here we are, two years later, shortly after that, that I started the Cannabis Podcast, and listenership on that has grown. The whole industry has grown, as we have seen. One of the areas that I have been involved with, if you've been a frequent listener of the podcast, is you know that I've been involved with cannabis retail from a couple of perspectives, still continuing to work at a Spirit Leaf store. And of course, we need a, a point of sale system. So the POS that has been used by a lot of companies across North America is called COVA. C-O-V-A is the company name. Good po- point of sale system. And I'm especially happy with them now because they provided a bit of content for this week's podcast. They put out an infographic covering two year, the two-year timeline of Canadian cannabis milestones. This is an article that they posted on their site. Of course, as usual, I will have a link to this back at CannabisPodcast.com. And this was an article that was written by Fa'ai Stewart. And I hope I'm pronouncing the name right. It published on October 14th, just a couple of days ago. So as we know, October 17th is the anniversary of a unique day in Canada. Marks exactly two years since the Cannabis Act came into effect and ushered in a new unprecedented era legitimizing cannabis retail on a national scale. Well, since the Cannabis Act came into effect in 2018, Canada's cannabis industry has seen its fair share of triumph and some turbulence. But undoubtedly, the industry has seen an upward trajectory of growth highlighted by some important milestones that prove the resilience of the industry at large. Since then, cannabis stores have endured extraordinary circumstances and challenges, from massive supply shortages, which of course happened early on, arduous lottery processes, mostly in Ontario, and controversial licensing procedures, and of course, the untimely shock of the COVID-19 pandemic. The unusual factor there for us is, of course, that our store actually opened soon after COVID-19 had begun. Cannabis professionals have had to maintain an even keel and have collectively driven the industry to be extremely important and essential in these times. They provided an infographic that covers some of the key milestones, and I'll touch on what some of those milestones are. October 2018. Well, it was after the 2017 Task Force on Cannabis Legalization and Regulation that Bill C-45 was introduced with the goals of keeping cannabis out of the hands of youth and the profits out of the hands of criminals and organized crime. In June 2018, Bill C-45 was finally passed in the Senate 
and that set the framework for adults to purchase, consume, and possess cannabis legally. It was originally, of course, supposed to start on July 1st of that year. We, in fact, had our plants in the ground because it was supposed to be legal on July 1st, but it didn't happen until October 17th. That was the day the Cannabis Act took effect. And on that day, over 100 stores opened nationwide, with exclusively government-run stores in most of the maritime provinces in Quebec and private retailers in Alberta, Saskatchewan, and Manitoba. Shortly after cannabis was legalized in October, Canada's licensed retailers endured a supply shortage, resulting in a slow burn for most provinces. B.C. opened only one physical government-run store in geographically center of Kelowna, but far from the province's biggest cities. I'm actually going to point out an error in this story. B.C.'s first and only physical government-run store was actually in Kamloops. It was not in Kelowna. Trust me, because I covered that here on the Cannabis Podcast. Uh, So that was Kamloops that had the first government store from B.C. Interesting. I wasn't expecting to find an error in the article. April 2019, Ontario opened its first stores, limited to 25 select lottery winners. Of course, on legalization in Ontario, you can only buy online. And as April swung around, the product shortages continued to set back and delay the mass opening of retail stores, which meant only a maximum of 25 stores across Ontario could open their doors on April 1st. For retailers who wanted to get their piece of the first 25, the Alcohol and Gaming Commission of Ontario implemented the now infamous lottery system to determine exactly who is eligible. July 2019, cannabis sales passed $100 million and 300-plus stores now operating. In January 2020, Ontario ended their licensed lottery and opened Canada's biggest market. And of course, in March of 2020, the COVID-19 pandemic put the resiliency of the industry to a test. And at that point, Alberta, probably the province with the most stores, July 2020, Canada reached 1,000 stores and the monthly sales now exceed $200 million. That's not bad in the first two years. Those are some of the highlights that have happened over the last couple of years. What were yours? What were the things that happened in these last two years that really impacted you? On a personal note for me, obviously it was starting to work in the cannabis industry twice. <laughs> it was starting this cannabis podcast, giving my passion a voice and, and developing an audience that is interested in that same passion, that same plant that has been such a marvelous discovery for me. The fact that we are still suffering from significant stigma Again, there's still a couple of people in my world who actually act more like cannabis is illegal now that it has been legalized. They they try to hide it. They're they're not really upfront about coming out about it, which I guess, okay, that's fine. But I, I still find that a bit odd. Other than that, I think the last two years has been good. We've seen the industry grow a lot. We've seen the quality of the legal cannabis being produced by all the various licensed producers improve immensely. And some are developing and, and growing some really wonderful pot these days. So the industry is certainly growing. We have all grown in our knowledge and our understanding of of how we use cannabis in our own daily lives. I'd say it's been a pretty good two years. Let's hope that in the next two years, we see some further improvement in the product, some further lowering of the price, and some further access to to this wonderful plant. Because despite the fact that we now have a number of retail stores, I think now we're going to deal with the saturation. Alberta's certainly dealing with that now, finding out that the plethora of stores that they have may be too many for the environment. Some are starting to suffer. This is something we've talked about here in the Kelowna area already. The city has already licensed 20 stores. 
I think we now have about 10 that are open. There's like two or three that I have to run out and check out because I haven't yet. And I kind of made a promise to myself that as each store opened, I would take a peek at it to get a sense of, of what our environment is. So I'll try and get busy in the next couple of weeks and do that before the next episode. So I think all in all, uh, it has been a pretty exciting two years. And I hope that the next two years are even more exciting than these have been. THC, CBD, terpene profiles, what's in me? Oh, please explain to me. Cultivar Corner, Cultivar Corner, oh yeah. Cultivar Corner, please explain this stuff to me. All right, and the explanations shall begin now. A little different on Cultivar Corner. We're trying some different things. Trying some different product, getting a sense of all the different things that are out there in our two plus years of legalization world. Something to celebrate. So today on Cultivar Corner, kind of actually doing a, uh, a double shot, not a double shot of some product, but a double shot of, of how we're sampling that product. Because I am today doing the Maple Burt Live Resin Caviar, which is a combination of some Terp Sauce and some THCA Diamonds from Premium 5. And how we're going to be consuming that? Oh, we're going to be doing that through the Boundless Terp Pen. I mean, anybody who has done anything concentrate related in the past knows there's a number of different ways to do it. The best and the biggest is to get yourself a really fancy dab rig. Some beautiful glass with a nice banger and a nice nail on there. Heat her up with your torch, your butane torch. Check your temperature to make sure it's the right temperature for the particular concentrate you're running. Drop it in your banger and puff away. That's a lot of rigmarole. That's a lot of process. And I kind of wanted to sample this without going through that much process. So kind of handy that one of the things that we sell in our store, as many others do, is a terpen. Really a, something that allows you to do concentrates without having to go through the process of setting up all that rig, all the torching and all the other stuff. I mean, I have one been one that has been involved with a lot of ritual with cannabis over the years. Now, as I get out my grinder and I used to use the volcano, of course, and stuff that full of uh, dried cannabis. So there is a bit of ritual involved in it, and I get that. But uh, to do dabs, that's a heck of a lot more ritual. So we are going to try out the Boundless Technology Terp Pen. As they say, live life elevated. It is inhale activated, easy to clean, has a replaceable ceramic coil, and it's made of medical grade stainless steel. So that's the tool we're going to be using. Now let's talk about what the tool is going to be used on. Oh, I don't know if you've had a chance to smell any of the live resin concentrates uh, yet. If you have, then you can experience the sweet, beautiful aroma that's coming out of this. Oh, and it is so nice. I mean, this concentrate is so, it's so terpene rich. Really has a sweet, sweet smell a little bit of a strong, skunky citrus flavor as well. And aromas containing heats and hints of sweet berry. Oh, you really, it's like you're smelling the whole plant. And of course, as we understand the lye process, they are taking a flash frozen plant and processing it at that point. So it's starting out frozen. That's what the lye refers to anytime you're seeing lye in any of your concentrates. So I'll tell you what, why don't we give this a try? I've got the turp in already. I have my, let me get my dab tool out, put a little of that. I'm going to do the chirp sauce first. I'll start with a little bit of the chirp sauce. So in, as I look at the package, we've talked about how it smells already. And so what you find, uh, and I picked up the gram of the Maple Birch Live Resin Caviar from Premium 5. 
And as you open up that package, um, it's probably about, oh, I don't know, 60% turf sauce and, and 40% uh, diamond. Because you can definitely see the TATA diamonds scattered throughout it. And there's a little bit of a turp sauce pool on one side. So I'm going to start with some turp sauce. And let's see where that goes. So the nice thing about the turp pen, you just inhale it to start and then you put it on the concentrate. So let's give it a try. Mmm. Oh, that is such a sweet taste. I'm glad that, that it didn't immediately erupt into a coughing fit because that often happens when I do concentrates because I'm so used to smoking out of the vaporizer. Uh, so that was one hit. Let's go for number two. Mm. <coughs> mm. That's what I was waiting for. Because you are packing such a big bunch and you're taking a relatively big hit in a relatively short period of time, there is going to be some of that mm, throat congestion, shall we say. I have not been able to get through this without coughing at any time. I suspect those of you who are still using big bong hits are going to pull out a turp pen and you'll think, well, that hardly even gives me a buzz. <laughs> I think you would be wrong because here I am now. I've just finished hit number two. And, and in all honesty, already, uh, my happy eyes are there. I am feeling exceptionally good. So let's go for hit number three. Mm. Oh, and when you get the richness of the chirpings and it comes through in the flavor, mm. comes through in the hit. Whoa. <laughs> I haven't had a big hit for like this for a while. Um, so that's three. What the heck? I'm going to finish up everything that I've got on my little dabber here. Which mm, has left some remnants on the turp pin. And I'll kind of deal with those as they go. But whoa. Mm. Wow. Oh, that last hit. That last hit just went directly to my happy eyes. <laughs> and I have to be honest, I am really stoned. <laughs> I love that. I haven't had a big hit and a big high like this for a while. And that, of course, is the beauty of concentrates, right? What's the danger of concentrates? The danger of concentrates is that I do this on a continual basis throughout the course of the day. And I only hit the concentrates. Uh, you run a serious risk of raising your TAC tolerance up to that 75% level. And let's cover off what the basis of this one is. So in my Maple Bird Live Resin Caviar from Premium 5, one of the things still difficult to attain, and which I find bizarre, because this is terp sauce with diamonds, it should be pretty easy to figure out what terps are in it. But I tried and tried and tried. I could find no link that listed the exact terpenes that are in the Maple Bird Live Resin Caviar. But I can give you a sense of what they, and now apparently the terpenes in this is about 3 to 4% terpenes. So they're enough so that we should really be able to taste them. What's the THC in this guy? It is sitting at 75.0%. 
that's a fairly significant THC hit. So again, where I was going is if one continues to do the concentrates and does only the concentrates, you do run a risk of driving your THC tolerance up to that level and not being able to sustain it with any flower. I have a buddy. We used to get together on a, well, on a daily basis. He used to pop over pretty well every day. And we would have a uh, smoke a joint after work, get together and reminisce and all those kind of things. And about two years ago, he started doing shatter. And now he's pretty well stuck to shatter. He's done that so long and has driven his TAC tolerance up so high. Of course, he could go through a tolerance break that would kind of reset things, but he hasn't. <laughs> and so now uh, that's the only thing he can do. But if you are looking for that big high and you're not quite getting it out of your flower anymore, maybe it's not getting you that really, really stone concept that you're looking for. I can say uh, with some uh, authority that going down the concentrate route can certainly get you there. I just realized that there was a bit more still on my dab bin or my dab tool. So I had to clean that off properly. Mm. I haven't been this high for a while. Uh, very pleasant, very fast, very um, lovely taste. Not a lot of aroma, of course, because I'm using the chirp pen. So the, the vaporizing of that is going away pretty fast. I'm not smelling a lot in my environment here. Oh, if you're looking for a big hit, this is probably a way that you should try it, whether you do it with a chirp pin or whether you do it with a dab rig or whatever the case is. I am pretty impressed with Premium 5 Maple Burt Live Resin Caviar, a combination of terp sauce and THCA diamonds. Mmm, got me pretty high today. As mentioned, one of the things I wanted to talk about in this episode was this year's grow. It's happened, it's done, it's in the record books. <laughs> I played it a little different this year. As any listener to the podcast knows, the previous two years, the season has ended with some product being stolen. Sometimes it was entire plants, sometimes it was just portions of those plants. So we decided to take a slightly different tact this year. So instead of planting regular plants, we went with some different stuff. In fact, we went with autoflowers. And if you're not familiar with autoflowers, uh, here's the difference between your standard cannabis seeds and autoflowers. Standard cannabis seeds are going to be primarily a mix of either sativa or an indica in terms of their percentage ranges. Uh, however, when we're talking autoflowers, we need to introduce this whole concept of flowering without a 12-hour light cycle. That's what the autoflower is all about. So in order to do that, we need to add some ruderalis. In previous episodes, we have talked about the three different types of cannabis, sativa, indica, and ruderalis. Ruderalis is the one that grows pretty low to the ground, originated in Russia, and flowers in roughly seven to nine weeks. Now, the strains that I went with this year, are one of them was lamb's breath. Lamb's breath originated in Jamaica, where it actually grew wild. But most recently, the strain has become increasingly in demand because it's a very nice sativa, but difficult to find in North America. So if you want to experience the benefits of the strain, you got to grow your own. And that's what I decided to do. As a strong sativa, you can expect the strain to give you exciting cerebral high, which I have found to be true. Evident early on as the high starts to kick in. Also features a high content of THC, about 17 or rather 18 to 25 percent. The other details, it flowering time, seven to nine weeks. Yields, and this is the one area with the autoflowers kind of disappointed me based on regular cannabis seeds. 
Uh, my yield was way down from what I had in previous years, but I'll kind of touch on that as we go along the timeline. Uh, the difficulty of growing lamb's breath, pretty easy. Uh, the origin is the United States, and it will grow indoors or outdoors. And I have continued to grow outdoors. I haven't brought anything in the house. This is all outdoors, uh, just in soil, and no fertilizers, nothing added to it. We just want to see what the plant and watering will do. And pretty happy with what has happened so far. So what was the other one that we went with? That was Northern Lights. The Northern Lights did have better bounty than the Lamb's Breath did, as it turned out. But partly because one of my plants went hermaphrodite on me on the Lamb's Breath side of things. Which is never something that you, you actually want to experience while you're in the growing process. Northern Lights is one of the most popular strains in terms of autoflowering. It's an eight-week flower. Yield is 150 to 250 grams per plant. I got a little less than that. I ended up with about four or five ounces, I believe. So again, the percentage, and I didn't touch on this with the lamb's breath, the percentage of sativa was 85%. The ruderalis was 10% and the indica was 5%. Now here we're kind of flipped that when we're talking about the Northern Lights because it is an indica strain. So the indica is 70%. The sativa is 20%. And the Ruderalis, for our lovely autoflowering, 10%. And boy, the Northern Lights was just a beautiful flower when it went through the flowering process. Quite enjoyed that. So eight-week flowering time. THC on this guy, a little bit lower, about 15%. Uh, but I found it to be a very nice indica. So let's start where we did. April 6th. That was when we started germinating our seeds this year. We started with two of the Lamb's Breath and two of the Northern Lights trying to keep ourselves as a legal grow operation in Canada with, of course, two people who live in our house, but one house means we can grow four plants. So we germinated uh, two each. We put them into the greenhouse on the 12th of April. They were all relatively the same. They all had really nice tails on them. Popped them into the greenhouse, which my wife picked up uh, from her work last year. It was kind of a bonus thing that she got. She chose a greenhouse. Really a good idea. <laughs> Certainly a great place for us to start our cannabis plants. So they then went into little peat pots in the greenhouse, and that's where they resided for the next couple of weeks. It was then on the 2nd of May that we put all four plants into the ground. No, it wasn't the 2nd of May. May 12th. May 12th, the plants left the greenhouse and were all planted into the garden, all giving them a three-foot space of their own three-foot diameter outside from where the plant was existing in our garden, which has been growing wonderful vegetables for the last 35 years that we've been living here. The area here used to be an orchard, so it's deep, dark, rich soil. Really does a wonderful job, as we have found out with cannabis as well. So plants went into the garden May 12th, and then we just started watering them, as we did with all the rest of the stuff. And as I've said before, we've kind of had intentionally stayed away from doing anything in terms of adding anything to the soil. I just want to see what the plant is going to do in and of itself. Sure, I could get much more bounty, I'm sure, much more uh, um, robust flowers if we started to go down that path. But I frankly don't have that much time uh, to worry about that. So it's kind of a natural grow that we're doing and uh, see where we go from there. Everything was in the garden on May 12th. And on June 2nd, I started to see flowers on my first lamb's breath. That's pretty impressive. Flowers on the first Northern Lights showed up on June 25th. So considerably longer than the Lamb's Breath, which I found interesting. The buds were getting now more established on the Lamb's Breath as well in that June 26th mode. And it was soon after that 
that the second lamb's breath, June 30th, uh, started popping its flowers. Now, what happened to the first lamb's breath in between? It unfortunately became a hermaphrodite. I suddenly started to see all of these little pods show up, uh, getting ready to, to grow some seeds. <laughs> and, and the buds literally just stopped. It was the weirdest thing. I'd never experienced that before. So we immediately started a third Northern Lights because I needed to take that lamb's breath out of the picture fairly quick. And at around that time, June 30th, his second lamb's breath spouted some flowers. And from that point on, we're now just kind of waiting and watching these flowers develop. And it was really quite exciting to see, especially the Northern Lights. The lamb's breath, the second time around, it did uh, grow uh, pretty well and got a lot of uh, girth to it. And I have to say the lamb's breath had an amazing aroma. Almost right from the beginning, that plant really smelled skunky, really dank. But once that first one, I had to take that out. The second one did have the same smell. Uh, and that's why my harvest for my lamb's breath, I ended, only ended up with about three, about three ounces at the end of the cycle. So when we started drying the first Northern Lights, that was on July 27th. So went into the ground May 12th, started having flowers on June 25th, and we pulled them out or started, yeah, started drying them on uh, July 27th. That was when the first Northern Lights came out. As I was editing the episode, I reached this point when I realized that I have described a whole bunch of what happened in this year's grow, but I haven't talked about one of the most appealing aspects of the autoflowers, and that is the size. When we grew the sativas uh, and the indicas in previous years with the regular cannabis seeds, the sativas got up to, I've talked about it before, up to 13, 14 feet high and were easily visible from the parking lot that, that faces into the back of our yard. So hiding them became very, very difficult. Of course, we are allowed for, but in BC, they're not supposed to be visible from a public space. So how big do the autoflowers get? About five feet. They, they didn't get taller than me, and I'm about six feet or maybe a little shorter. <laughs> so that was one of the appealing factors, especially from my wife's perspective, who got a little freaked out when the sativas creeped over the top of the shed and were easily visible. Nobody could see any of the plants during any of the process, even when they were in full flower. They were still, they were hidden by the tomato plants. Really, the tomatoes and the beans got higher than the cannabis plants did which I guess is, again, one of the reasons why the yield was a little bit lower and also one of the reasons why I want to look at um, doing some training to get the plant to grow a little bit more on the horizontal and get more upward growth where more buds are visible. So that's just an update that I felt I had to add. I went through a, about a 10-day dry, uh, found a perfect spot in my home where the humidity was about 55%, temperature was around 19, 20, 20 degrees, uh, almost ideal in terms of the humidity and the temperature stayed relatively stagnant at those two. So it turned into about a 10 day dry. I started drying the lamb's breath on the 6th of August. So that was the second lamb's breath that, that sprouted that. And that's when we started that one. Uh, we planted the replacement lamb's breath on the 8th of August. Cause I figured, okay, we still got time. I foolishly thought that I might have time to do two entire grows over the course of the year. Turned out that was not the case. 
And then the second Northern Lights, we pulled that one out again, watching the beautiful buds developing on that. Really, really, I, they're the biggest buds I've ever grown up to this point. We started drying the second Northern Lights on the second or on August 10th. And as that is going, the second crop of, and that's when we then planted the second crop of Northern Lights, which is not doing very well, I have to say. There is not time in the Okanagan Valley to do two entire outdoor grows, even for autoflowers. That was a foolish attempt and it didn't work very well at all. So then once all of the plants got into the drying cycle, which again happened in about the middle of August, was when we got everything starting the cure. Did the whole glass jar cure thing. I did that pretty religiously. I tried to make sure that I was doing that um, very effectively and consistently. So multiple times during the day, I would open up the jar for just a, a couple of minutes, rotate the jar to give those buds a little bit of a different perspective, seal them back up, put them back into their dark space. And as the weeks went by, I was really pleased with how they started to nug up and at about five or six weeks into the drying or into the curing cycle, of course, you take out a sample to see how it is. And I was pretty impressed. I was pretty impressed both with the lamb's breath in that it is a really nice sativa. It gives me that nice euphoric hide. I use it a lot when I'm editing the podcast, for example. And then the Northern Lights, ah, beautiful bud. I have not grown such beautiful bud as I did this year with the Northern Lights took samples of it to the folks I work with, gave everybody a bud, uh, and everybody was very pleased with how it looked, uh, presented really well, smoked pretty good too, and gave a pretty good buzz. So it ended up going through about a six to an eight week here. And once I was in that stage, then uh, kind of just cycled them into different uh, jars, added a Bovita pack to keep them kind of stationary. And now two of those have been off into the storage area, shall we say. And the one that I use on a daily basis is, is at my feet in a dark place, ready to use whenever I can. I was pleased with the product in terms of how it looked, how it smokes, how it tastes, the effect it has. What I wasn't as happy with in the autoflowers was how much I got. Because out of three Northern Lights plants that I ended up growing, I ended up with about five ounces. And with the lamb's breath, which again, I owned it really ended up with one, although I do have a second lamb's breath. I just pulled it out of the garden uh, two days ago. So again, I will avoid having things stolen, but it's really tiny and the buds are really tiny. So from that first lamb's breath plant, I got about three ounces, two, two and a half, I guess, more accurately once it was finished the cure process. Uh, really a nice taste though, really a nice aroma. I really love how that one smells. Same thing with the Northern Lights. The Northern Lights, as I, mm, has a really fruity aroma. Uh, I'm really pleased with that one. So that's kind of what happened with the grow this year. Again, because it was using the autoflowers and I didn't have to wait until late October for my harvest to finish and all my buds to be done. There's nothing in the garden for anybody to steal. <laughs> uh, I'm still tempted to put up a sign uh, somewhere in the back corner of the garden where we used to have the cannabis plants and where they always got stolen from to put up a sign and say, sorry, sucker, there's no plants for you this year. But the pleasant part is we didn't get ripped off this year. We had a great grow. I'm happy with the plants. I'm probably going to switch them up a little bit, try some different strains next year, but I am going to try autoflowers one more time and see if we can up the bounty by perhaps paying a little bit more attention and training the plants a little bit. I didn't do any training with these plants either. I just kind of let them grow. 
Next year, I think I will do a bit more training, see if I can get a bit more bounty out of this auto flower method. But I was pleased with the whole process, pleased with the outcome, pleased with the seeds, pleased with the product. And I am definitely going to continue to grow my four cannabis plants every single year. And before we leave this celebration of Canada's two years of legalization of cannabis, let me touch on a couple of shout outs to a couple of people I wanted to mention. Jeff in Ontario. Jeff, we've talked about him before. Uh, hey, Jeff. Jeff has been uh, fairly proficient in the communication back and forth. He has been diving into growing his own, and I mean diving in. This year's cultivar is for Jeff, Tom Ford, Colombian Gold, Purple Pug, and Wedding Cake. Love to see the enthusiasm, so keep it up, Jeff. And uh, who knows, we may even have you as a guest on the Cannabis Podcast one day to talk about all the growing that you've been doing. Speaking of guests that have been on the show, Chris, Chris, we have spoken to in the past. Chris wants to have another chat. So we're going to try and set that up soon to see how Chris has been doing with his new grow. Wants to talk about how he feels cannabis helps with some mental health issues. And I think that's a fabulous topic. Of course, if you have ever anything that you want to talk about, send a note to info at cannabispodcast.com. Love to hear from you. Love to hear your suggestions and people we should interview as well. And also remember, if you want to find any of the links to anything that has been talked about today, you will find those at CannabisPodcast.com. Feel free to click in the subscribe button, put in your email address, send you a note every time a new episode is coming out. I don't do any more than that. It's, it's not a whole bunch of spam. Just once a week or once every couple of weeks is what you get. But it gives me an idea of, of who is listening, and I appreciate that. So happy second birthday to ourselves. We have now had legalization in Canada of cannabis for two years. It's better than it was before. So join me in a toke to our second birthday. And that wraps it up for episode 56 of the Cannabis Podcast. From the cannabis-infused studio, high above the Okanagan Valley, this was the Cannabis Podcast. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Tune into a major journey podcast today, where guests take listeners on journeys and immerse themselves in the roller coaster ride both in and out of the cannabis space that brought them to where they are today. Throughout our conversations, guests share valuable lessons that they've learned along the way that listeners can use to empower growth both in their personal and professional lives. Check out A Major Journey today on all major podcast platforms.